Welcome back to Faith FM Australia. Sorry, getting a bit slow with my fingers there on the buttons. <laughs> we were still muted. <laughs> hey, it's only my second week. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> we are about to dive into our encounter with God. But first, let's see if anyone knows the answer to this quiz. Yes. This might be a hard one. And mm. do you know what? When I was reading those first clues, I was like, I think this is like an Old Testament book. But then actually, Ooh. I'm totally wrong. Oh, I just gave away another clue. You did. Okay. There's another clue for everybody. Let me not give away too many more clues. But let me do clue number three. It's a Another quote, and it says, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. Okay, so was this the clue that gave it away for you, or did you look at the answer? I looked at the answer. Ah, cheater. <laughs> it's written on the end of the card. It's really hard not to read. <laughs> do you go. want to do another, another clue? Because these clues, I find them a bit obscure. One more clue. They're supposed to be obscure. This is Bible trivia. We're not supposed to be nice to these people. Are you still sure that you know what the answer is? You, you want to be nice to our listeners. Yeah, fine. If you think you know the answer, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Text us 0491-064-669 or jump on our Facebook on Faith FM Australia. And if you have it correct, we will send you a Melissa Otto CD. Absolutely, we will. So prize coming your way for those of you who know which book this is. Now, have, we got this, have we got this one up on our Facebook page yet? Yeah. I think we do. Do we have it on our Facebook page? I pre- I mean, I think we do. Okay, very good. But Fantastic. speaking of books of the Bible. Well, you can go there and you can research it and think about it and stew over it. And, 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 and look the up the answer, essentially. Yeah, don't, don't, don't tell people that. <laughs> Why should we tell people how to use Google? They already, yeah, anyway. Okay, <coughs> so speaking of books of the Bible, Lyle. That's cheating. We are now going to skip from that anonymous mystery book to the book of Galatians. We are indeed. And in the book of Galatians, we're going to talk about unity today. Is unity important in Christianity? I believe it is. Okay, but we'll disagree on some things. Yeah, I suppose so. I think you shouldn't be controlled by a group, especially if the group is doing naughty should, things. Well, should we should we all be exactly the same as each other, like just, you know, cardboard cutouts? Like cookie-cutter Christians? Is that, is that unity? No. Oh, no, I don't think so. But what does the Bible say? I, <laughs> I don't think so. I think that we should have, I want to say, diversity in unity. Because okay. if that's if that's unity, then I am never going to be unified with anyone. <laughs> no, this I feel is like true. I'm always the odd one out. <laughs> this is true, Mon. You are definitely yeah, never going to be united I, I, I was designed different. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 2, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Okay, that does sound pretty samey. Yeah, it does talk about unity. Now, John Calvin believed that disunity and division were the devil's chief device against the church. Disunion and division. Mm -hmm. Wow, And he warned that Christians should avoid schism like the plague. Wow. Wait, who said this? John Calvin. Who's that? John Calvin was a reformer of the 16th century, and he was a very, very eloquent reformer. He had very, very strong views and strong beliefs, and because of that, he became disunited with people like Martin Luther. Oh, really? Mm. Wow, lots of disunity back then. And so you had the Lutheran Church, and you had the Reformed Church, and the Reformed Church were Calvinists, and the Lutheran Church were Lutheranists. Uh huh. And then you had other churches that formed around the same time, like John Knox formed the Presbyterian Church, and uh, you had the formation of the Anglican Church, um, and you know these other. This different is a Protestant. shining example. Okay, so of here's what you've disunity. got: you've got the Roman Catholic Church, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Well, we're just you know the, the the mother church over the whole world, and everybody should be Roman Catholic." And then you've got the Protestant churches come along and say, "No, we want to go by just the Bible. We don't want to go by tradition and the Bible. We want to go just by the Bible." Okay, fine. They go by just the Bible, but then you have all these different denominations that spring up because they read different things that are. Uh, in the Bible. Okay, so just let me ask though. So even though these guys, you know, they're kind of old now and they weren't necessarily unified back then, do we still hold their writings in high regard? Because you did just read his quote on the radio. I did. I did. I, I, I hold uh, a lot of what Martin Luther had to say in very high regard and a lot of what John Calvin had to say in very high regard, particularly what they had to say about salvation by grace alone mm-hmm. and also what they had to say about the Bible alone as our only rule of faith and practice. Okay. I think they made very, very good points on that. Um, S. 
eschatology wise, I agree with their interpretations of you know Daniel seven, Revelation thirteen, you know who the Antichrist is, and some of the those major great end time players. They were uh, very very clear on what our world would look like in the time in which we are living right now. So if you're listening to Danny Milenkov here in his interview and the and the series that he's going to be doing over in West Walls End starting this Friday, um, he's going to be talking about Bible prophecy that five hundred years ago. These guys were studying and understanding and talking about what would be happening in our day. Okay. So when it comes to Bible prophecy, I agree with what they have to say. There's some areas where I disagree very strongly with John Calvin. And and just because they disagreed with each other doesn't necessarily mean that one of them was all the way right and one of them was all the way wrong. They were all a little bit right and all a little bit wrong. Is that correct? Well, truth is progressive. Okay, truth is progressive. That's the new one. And and God typically, if you are in darkness, let's say you're in darkness, it's very rare that God comes, walks up to you, and you, you've lived your entire life in pitch darkness, and gets some you know massive, great million lumen light and just shines it straight in your face Mm -hmm. because that would blind you. Now, on occasion, he knows that with the right person that will work. He did that with Paul. Okay. And Paul went blind. Yeah, (laughs) he sure did. Yes. That's right. And then probably suffered with um, eye problems for the rest of his life. life. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But that's another story. And and so it's rare that God just takes all the truth and and just dumps all of the truth on one person at one time. God leads uh, progressively, little bit by little bit. That's right. In, as uh, people can deal with it. Yeah, in portions that we can handle. I think if we That's just saw sure. everything all at once, we would just keel over. Yeah, yeah. So now tell me, because um, this disunity problem doesn't seem to sound like something that was just happening back in uh, Luther's and Calvin's time. No, it sounds like it goes all the way back to Paul's time. Well, we've time. been reading about it in Galatians. Have you read? Let me read to you what it says in. Uh, Corinthians, if you go to First Corinthians, First Corinthians was another really messed up church. Oh, we- <laughs> you have no idea. We have so much to learn from these churches, which it turns out are just <laughs> like us. Yeah, and First Corinthians is one of those churches that you know kind of skips the long introduction and gets to it. Uh-huh. But in verse ten. Uh, First Corinthians chapter one and verse ten. Why don't you read for us First Corinthians one and verse ten? First Corinthians chapter yeah. one and verse ten says. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and in the same judgment. Oh, I really like that. Yeah. So he's making a very strong appeal to them. Clearly the church in in Corinth at this particular time was disunited. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, because he's appealing, you need you guys need to pull together. You need to be united together. Go to chapter three and verse three. I just thought of a really good question for you later on in this study line. Okay, hold that question. I'm hold that question. Hit you with it. Okay. First mm, no. Corinthians three verse three. Could not address. But sorry, I'll read the first bit too. But I, brothers, could not no, address. That's chapter you. three. Oh, where am I at? Verse three. Verse three of chapter. Yeah, chapter three. Verse three. Oh, okay. Sorry. My bad. For you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? Okay, so here's what what he says to the church in Corinth. He says, okay, guys, you're all disunited. Mm -hmm. And because you're disunited, this is evidence that you are all also unconverted. Wow. So being in the flesh is another word for... Unconverted. Wow, that's pretty powerful. Yeah, so it, he, he, he was responsible for raising up this church. He's raised up a whole church, and guess what? They're all unconverted. So are you saying that like disunity is almost like the same as unconverted? When you have disunity in a church, that disunity exists because there are people who are unconverted in that church. Wow, that's, um, that's a really strong statement. Yeah. Wow, because... There's so much disunity. So you're saying there's like a lot of unconverted souls in our church. Yeah. And when, see, what happens is that when a person is not converted, self comes to the front. Mm-hmm. And self is where the problem always is. And when self comes to the front, subconsciously, we want our views, our positions, mm-hmm. us to be number one. Mm-hmm. And the moment you have someone in, a church environment, and it can be any kind of environment where you have the same thing happening. Um, who, wh- whenever self comes into play, politics comes into play at the same time. This is funny because we were just talking about um, religious wars, which is most wars, yes. and we were saying that the cause of those wars was when religion 
the, you know, the people who are claiming yeah, religion, to be religious. Religion gets involved get in, in religion, religion gets involved in politics, and suddenly we're doing things in the name of Jesus when really we're doing them in the name of ourself. Mm-hmm. And whenever you've got religion involved with politics, it creates wars. And when you've got politics involved in churches, it creates wars inside of churches, aka division. Yeah. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so we've looked at uh, this whole concept of the importance of unity and how unconversion creates disunity. But as we talked about before, we're not all cardboard cutouts. Mm. We're not, we don't come out of the same you know cookie cutter thing. And that's not our fault. I feel like we were created different. And the, I feel like the Lord took joy in creating all these different characters and personalities. And and God created, I think God took great joy in creating a system of reproduction where everybody would be different and there yeah. would be no two individuals on the planet that would be the same ever. And I don't even feel like it stops there. I feel like every dog has a different personality. It does. Yeah. Every creature has a different personality. Even clones have a different personality. You know, Barbara Streisand just cloned her dog. That Are you died. serious? Yes. I didn't even know that was possible yet. I knew they were chipping yeah. away at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I can't want to make now this she has, Now she has two puppies from the original that died from old age, but she was kind of sad to lose the old one, and now she has two puppies from that she wow. cloned, which cost her obviously an enormous ton of money. Of money. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm not going to lie. I would have done it with my dog if I had the money, but I didn't. So yeah, but dead. there's so many, there's so many happy little dogs that that's need true. a home. That's true. Yeah, that's spend true. all that money to clone a dog when you could go and rescue. Yeah, one. Fair, enough, fair enough. I want. Yeah, I wonder. I guess maybe she's a little bit disappointed because obviously her clone dog wouldn't have the same personality as her previous. And dog. that's the thing. That's the that's the whole point right here. They might look the same. They've got the same DNA, mm-hmm. but they're not the same. Um, she got and they have different personalities. <laughs> she got ripped off. Yes, indeed. Of course, uh, she has to dress them in different coloured colours because you can't tell them apart. Wow. they're clones. Wow. That's freaky, isn't it? Yeah, I'm going to look the that technology, up. Oh, it's also really cool. I, I think the technology is really cool. The ethics of it is a discussion we probably should have here we on Radio One Day. We should talk about this. There'd be very, very interesting ethical discussion about that. How did we, why, how did we get sidetracked? We're talking about that? personalities and you, how God you created this. us this all different. This is your yeah. fault. I'll own it. I'll own it. God created us all different. So yeah. how does that, how does and that fit in with unity? created a system where, I mean, God could have created us in such a way that when we reproduced, we reproduced as clones. Mm-hmm. Then we would all look the same, uh, we would have different personalities and so forth because we'd have different environmental factors and whatnot, but uh, we would be very much the same. God did not create us that way. He created us in a way very, very intentionally that we would be very, very different from each other. And that's part of the joy of you know having a family. You know, mm-hmm. when, when we had our first child, and I know that um, if you're a parent, you will relate to this. You have your first child, and after a couple of years, like, yep, okay, we got we got this sorted. Um, we know we know how kids work now. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had our second child. It's like, okay, scrap everything that we know and start from scratch because this one is so different from the first one. Yeah, that's true. Actually, your sons are very different to each other. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good thing. That's how we were created. Okay, so we're created different. Mm-hmm. So we need to have. Unity, but we also need to have diversity. Where and how do we actually find this balance? Okay, so we're going to look at uh, Galatians chapter 2. And, of course, we're looking at uh, what Paul is dealing with here in the book of Galatians. And we're going to start in chapter 2. We're going to start reading in verse... uh, Would you like to read for us the first couple of uh, verses there, please? Sure. So Galatians chapter 2. Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along with me. I went up because of a revelation and set before them, though privately before those who seemed influential, the gospel that I proclaimed among the Gentiles in order to make sure I was not running or had not run in vain. But even Titus, who was with me, was not forced to be circumcised, though he was a Greek. Yet because of false brothers secretly brought in, who slipped in to spy out our freedom that we have in Christ Jesus, so that they might bring us into slavery, to them we did not yield in submission, even for a moment, so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. There you go. So here's an interesting circumstance. Let's look at what's happening here. The issue is circumcision. 
Thankfully, we don't have that issue in our church today um, because Paul made it very, very clear back then because you know there was so much conflict over this particular issue. And they've established a church there amongst the Celts, the Galatians. And the Bible talks about those who have snuck in. Mm-hmm. Wolves in sheep's clothing, mm, mm-hmm. which is a very interesting um, analogy that Jesus gives. Jesus doesn't tell us to be aware of wolves. Mm-hmm. In other words, don't watch out for the bad guy. Watch out for the good guy. Yeah. Wow. Actually, that's very. That's, that's the one who's yeah. really loving and really caring. Uh huh. Can often be the one that you need to go back and check your Bible and find out. Okay, is this person speaking the truth or not? I need to read the Bible for myself. You, as a listener, you need to read the Bible for yourself, because one of the biggest problems we have in Christianity today is people who go to church, sit there and say yes to anything the pastor says, and never open their Bible, mm. never check him out, never find out what he's saying is true. They're just easily convinced by some sort of charismatic character up the front. Yeah. I just have a quick question, though. Yes. So these wolves in sheep's clothing, right? I mean, from the guys we just read about in the Bible who were like sneaking in and spying and trying to disrail, derail stuff, they sound like they were doing that on purpose. It was their goal. It was their mission. They were like covert spies kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. But I feel like in the church, like who comes to church with like a covert operation mission to like, you know, supersede the gospel and... I feel like the, the wolves in sheep's clothing might not even know themselves that they're wolves in sheep's clothing. Yes, and, and, and you've got situations like, for instance, Paul, who was Saul, and we've studied this, where he was sincere. Yeah, that's right. But he was wrong. Sincerely wrong, yeah. Yes, sincerely wrong. And so we need to be aware of that ourselves, mm-hmm. that our own sincerity doesn't blind us to the truth of Scripture. Or other people. Yeah. Okay, so Paul speaks about these uh, false brothers who have slipped in to spy out the freedom that we have in Christ. What was the freedom that they had in Christ? Let's look at that. Let's go to Galatians uh, chapter 3 and verse 23. Have you got that one there for us, please? I sure do. Galatians 3 to verse 23 says, Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. Okay, keep going. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. So the law was our guardian in my translation. It says our school teacher. Oh, okay. Yeah. Until Christ comes Mm -hmm. that we can be justified by faith. All right, so there's some big uh, theological words here. Let's break this down a little bit. Uh The word justified. What does the word justified mean? Justified, oh, that's a hard one, Lyle. No, it's easy. Justify would be like to make it right sort of a thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Think about it this way. I'll tell you a really easy Uh way of understanding justified. (coughs) Justified, never done it. I like that. Justified, Justified, never done it. See, it's so easy. Okay, big theological terms. means forgiven. Okay, forgiven. Oh, there you go. Okay, so we are forgiven, we are justified, made right, how does it say in that verse right there? By what? By faith. By faith in Jesus Christ and mm-hmm. his sacrifice for us. So I can be forgiven through my faith. Yes. Huh. Yes. Unless you exercise faith in Christ, there's no forgiveness. Yeah, we go okay. to Christ and we say, forgive me of my sins. And we um, accept that forgiveness by faith. And this is what they were enjoying. So here's the opposite of... Here's the opposite of a justification by faith. The opposite of justification by faith is going to Christ and saying, I want forgiveness of my sins, and so to get that forgiveness, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and do all these penance so I can get forgiveness. And basically earn earn my stripes. Yeah. Yeah, earn my forgiveness. And that doesn't work. No, you can never, ever do enough penance to get forgiveness for any sin. I actually that's feel like the that's Bible good teaches. news because I feel like I've done so much sinning and bad stuff in my time. Even though you know, I'm not that old, yeah. I feel like I could spend the rest of my life working it off and I still wouldn't clear that debt. Yeah, well, Paul called himself the chief of sinners. Oh, wow. And I think that the closer you get to Christ, the re- more you realize the sinfulness of sin. Okay, so we are forgiven, but we can never do enough good things mm. to... Uh, to be justified. In other words, and of course here the issue is circumcision. He's saying, look, circumcision in and of itself is not going to justify you. 
Do you know what? This is reminding me of something. I remember reading a portion of Mother Teresa's diary, and this was something she struggled with. Apparently, most of her life's work was because she felt she was trying to like make up for who she was. Like she was trying to earn her her, her goodness, earn forgiveness, trying to yeah. like make atonement, so you to speak. You can't do that. Yeah, it's impossible. We we can only accept it through Christ, and that's the good news. And this is why the Bible says that the law is our school teacher. Okay. Or our guardian until we come to Jesus Christ. So the the purpose of the law is to teach you you're a sinner in need of a savior. I certainly am. We're going to take a quick break and listen to People Get Ready by Human Nature. I really, really like this song, Lyle. Do you know this song, People Get Ready? Yeah, I do. We've played it a few times here before. And uh, here it comes. There's a train coming You don't need no baggage And just to get on board All you need is faith On the diesel humming You don't need no ticket No, no, just thank the Lord There's a train coming You don't need no baggage And just to get on board All you need is something To hear the diesel humming You don't need no ticket Just thank the Lord And people get ready For the train to join the doors and bottom this room for
that was human nature. People get ready. Can you, you can you believe that guy's bass voice? Yeah, it's amazing. I love wow. it. And they're Australian. How good is that? That's awesome. Very good. Okay, so we've been talking about the freedom that you find in Christ and its relationship to the law. And maybe you've got some thoughts that you'd like to share. Or if you've got a question, then give us a call. We would love to hear from you on 1-800-324-843. Or you can text us through, even put send through for the question of the day. Because um, we've got question of the day coming up. Mm. And so if there is a burning question that you have in your mind, then text us on 491 or just shoot it through on Facebook and we will answer your question here in just a moment. However, the quiz, where are we up to? Oh, yes. The quiz, this is We're up to the really easy question. I feel like Sarah. this has been the hardest quiz ever. I think so. <clears throat> okay, so let me give you clue number four. I consist of only one chapter. My book is named after my author. Okay, so the author of this book is the name of the book. It is one chapter long. It's one of the shortest books in the Bible. Uh, and okay, give us the other clues. All of them. Yeah, let's run through. Let's, okay. let's run through. I tell how the Lord will judge and convict the ungodly sinners for all the harsh words they have spoken against Him. That sounds Old Testament, but it's not. But it's not. And then two quotes from it: <clears throat> Sodom and Gomorrah gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. And that sounds like Old Testament, but, but it's, it's not. <laughs> I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. Uh, that sounds more mm. New Testament. New Testamenty. That's true. Do we give you one more new clue? Why not? I proceed the book. <gasps> you don't want to say it, do you? Ah, go ahead, go ahead, <laughs> go ahead. I did say why not. Why pre- I proceed the book of Revelation. <laughs> now you all know the answer. Everyone should know that. Well, you know where Revelation is. It's the last book of the Bible. Turn mm-hmm. back one book and you have the answer. So give us a call. There is a Melissa Otto album coming your way. 1-800-324-843. Text us on 0491-064-669. What were we talking about? Unity and diversity. Mm-hmm. We were talking about the law being our schoolmaster. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's it's very simple. People are like, oh yes, we we are we are not under the law anymore. That's great because we're under grace. Absolutely. Does that mean the law is done away with? No, of course not. Because it's the law that tells you are a sinner in need of grace. That's Without true. the law, how would you know you were a sinner? And how would you know that you needed grace? So how does grace do away with the law? Grace doesn't do away with the law. There would be no need for grace if the law didn't exist. That's true. That makes total sense. <laughs> To me, it's so obvious. People are like, oh, no, the law's been nailed to the cross. It's been done away with. It has not been nailed to the cross. Paul says, Romans 3, verse 31, do we then make void the law through faith? Do we then nail the law to the cross through faith? Lyle's version. (laughs) God forbid we establish the law. Amen. Paul also says, where there is no law, there is no sin. Romans 4, verse 15. And so if the law's been done away with, then sin has been done away with. If sin has been done away with, then there's no need for grace. If grace has been done away with, there's no need for Jesus. So if Jesus has been done away with, then there's no need for the gospel. There's no need for any of the above. And that's, it's just so, it seems so obvious when you look at the world and you're like, sin is definitely still around. And yeah. we definitely need grace and we need a saviour. We do. We, we need do. all of the above. <laughs> Let's go to Hebrews while we're talking about that. Hebrews chapter 2. Verse 14 and 15. Mon, could you read this one for us? Just an amazing, an amazing um, promise that we have right here and something we need to do every single day. So that's Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14 and 15. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through the fear of death are subject to lifelong slavery. Isn't that just amazing? Oh, such a great promise. And then you flick flick over to chapter Mm 4 and... Let's go down to verse 16. Uh huh. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace in time of need. So the Bible is very clear. Jesus became a human being like us. Mm-hmm. He lived on this earth like us. Mm-hmm. He kept the Ten Commandments yes, as did. an example for us mm-hmm. as a human being to show us how it was done through the power of his Father, obviously. Um, and then he gained the victory as a human being over the devil, mm-hmm. so that we can receive God's grace. Amen. And then he just says, look, come boldly to the throne of grace so that you can find help 
in any time of need. So we've got some great promises that we have uh, taken here. Let's um, head back over to uh, the book of Galatians. And there's another one in chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. I have my bookmark in Galatians. Here it is. Galatians chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. Uh, the Bible says, Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. What does Paul mean when he says that we, we're no longer a slave, but we used to be a slave? Well, I guess we're not, um, you know, having, having a salvation makes us free, right? Yeah. You know, Jesus paid for the price. Mm-hmm. It's free. We're no longer a slave to our sins, slave to having to pay off our sinful debt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. Mm. And this is the freedom that Paul is talking about in Galatians chapter 2 when he says, you know, someone came in to spy out our freedom, you know, to do away with our freedom, you know, and to, and to turn around and say, well, unless you've been circumcised, you can't go to heaven. Unless you do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, you can't go to heaven. We don't go to heaven because we do enough good things. We go to heaven because we've been saved by grace. Amen. And then we do good things. Not to be saved, but because we are. Amen. Lyle, I'm just a practical person, and I do just want to ask this one question before we finish this segment off. Mm-hmm. You know, these are beautiful promises, and they really speak of a unity, you know, being sons, you know, sons and daughters of God and being uh, free in, in Him and, and free in our faith. So, you know, we're reading about this disunity in the churches back then. So how do, how do we deal with the disunity in our churches now? So if, you know, if I, the church that I'm going to or the church that you're going to, the churches that any of our listeners are going to are experiencing the kind of disunity that these Old Testament, um, sorry, these uh, New Testament churches were experiencing, the ones that um, uh, Martin Luther and Calvin were experiencing, how do, how do we deal with that? No, it's really easy. Just kick everybody out who disagrees with no. you. <laughs> okay, Hitler. <laughs> and then you'll be worshipping by yourself. I actually had, um, I had a relative who, um, who actually took that kind of policy. Wow. And um, he ended up, he worshipped in his home with himself, his wife, um, and his sister. That's and that sad. was it. That was all that was left. That's not a bit Because he just like separated himself from everybody that he disagreed with on any small thing. And it was an interesting story. It was just a, a powerful testimony because for a long time he was like that and, and very bitter. And then one day he just, something came over him and he started to go around to people and make things right where he defended people and cut people off. And uh, he, he went and saw all kinds of people. And then uh, four weeks later, he just had a heart attack and suddenly died. Oh, wow. Yeah, so God, God really spoke to his heart. Mm-hmm. It was a, and it's just what a... What a um, what a testimony of the changing power of God's mm. grace on the human heart. And God's okay, love. So yeah. Coming back to your question, which is a really important one, what happens if you've got disunity in your church? The solution to disunity, I want you to look at this. Mm-hmm. In the upper room mm-hmm. at the Last Supper, mm-hmm. the topic of conversation amongst the disciples was who will be greatest in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. You can't have a more disuniting subject of conversation. Mm. 51 days later, in that same upper room, the Holy Spirit was poured out because they were all united. Something very dramatic changed between one event and the next event. And the thing that changed was that they gathered together in that upper room to pray until they found unity. And so they prayed, and as they saw the bigness of the task that had been put before them, um, they were drawn together in unity, and that's how they achieved unity. So there's your solution right there. We'll be right back with Neil Thompson's Love Matters. You're listening to City Life. Yeah. 
Stopping you from living a happier life? Faith FM and We Explore Health would like to invite you to the Nedley Depression and Anxiety Recovery Program, an internationally acclaimed wellbeing course designed to help you get your life back. There are two free introductory sessions to find out if this eight-week program is right for you or someone you know that needs help. You can attend either on Sunday, March 4, 161 Central Road, Nanawading at 2pm or Monday the 5th of March at Box Hill Library at 7.30pm. For more information, call 0491 074 628. That's 0491 074 628 or you can contact us right here at Faith FM. Welcome back to Faith FM. You're with Neil Thompson on Love Matters. And today, um, we're going to take a little bit further what we're talking about last time on Love Matters. We're talking about a cycle that can so easily happen where a complaint is launched, there's a counter-criticism that comes, and then it seems to degenerate then into a bit more of a fight and a conflict. So one person gets all huffy and withdraws, and the other one um, tends to feel alone and, yeah, dejected and hurt. And this, you know, many different writers and authors and and researchers call these different things. Uh, One of my favorite authors actually calls this the the crazy polka dance that goes on because it's a crazy dance that, that seems to just go around in an endless cycle, but there's no good solution that comes out of the other end of it. At the heart of that is trying to understand the actual psychology of what's going on. And there's a really good book. Um, in fact, any of his books are good books on marriage. They're books by John Gutman. So Gutman is spelled G-O-T-T-M-A-N. If you could track down his books, particularly here's a, a really good one that I'm using at the moment as a bit of a resource. It's called 10 Lessons to Transform Your Marriage. And wonderful, wonderful book. And in that book, he actually just goes through and he's he's like, well, okay, if your partner's making a complaint, how do you turn that into um, into an understanding of the of what the actual longing is? For example, you know, um, it might be that the complaint is something like this. So this would be a fairly common complaint. Well, look, I'm just so tired of making dinner every night. And what's the longing behind that? The longing, well, it could be many different longings. It could be, you know, that um, the longing is I want to feel that I get pampered sometime too, or that I want to, I like it when we go out to dinner together, it might be the longing, or the longing might be that um, I wish that that you would do more of the, the work around the home so that we could so that um, we could be in this thing together or I'm feeling a bit alone. So what I want you to begin to understand is that behind a complaint, there's a longing. And uh, what about a complaint like this? Um, you know, the complaint might be that um, you never call me during the day. And, you know, I, I can think as a bloke, well, that's because I'm busy. That's because I'm working. That's because, you know, the boss doesn't pay me to make calls to my, my partner. Yeah, but actually just stop for a moment and think what's behind the complaint. Maybe what's behind it is a sense in which the partner is, your partner is feeling like um, that they want to feel close. 
even when you're apart, that there's a sense in which they they want to be a part of your world. They want to they want to know what you're what's going on and happening for you. So, you know, and maybe just maybe you could actually try this. There's an old Lionel Richie song which goes like this. And yes, I warn you, I'm about to sing on national radio. And it goes like this. I just called to say I love you. I just called to say how much you care. So you could actually do that. You could actually be playful. You could make a call and you might actually change your partner's life. You might change the way they think just because you actually begin to understand what's truly behind the complaints they make. So just think about it. What are the complaints that your partner makes more often about you? And then try and understand what it is that they're trying to express behind them. Well, you're on Faith FM. Stick around. We've got so much more coming up right after this. You liberate me from my own noise in my own chaos, from the chains of a lesser love. You set me free. You. Silence of 
You were listening to Audrey Sad, You Speak here on Faith FM 87.6, as in what and 88. Mon. Yes. No one's called it on the quiz yet. It's too hard. This is a hard one. There yeah. is one last clue. Okay. And it basically is a multi-choice clue. So it's one of the three books I'm about this to read out to you. the first time we've ever got to the last clue. Yeah, so this is yes. Yeah, this this is, there's an album coming the direction This might be the somebody. hardest question we've ever had. Okay, so the last okay, We have clue. already mentioned that it's in the New Testament, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, we've given its location away. Mm-hmm. Okay, do we read all the clues again quickly? Just the last one. Just the last one. So it's what book am I? And your options are I'm either Jude, Amos, or Jonah. Okay, so Jude, Amos, or Jonah, which of those three books is you know in what, the New Lyle? Testament? You get these you get these quiz questions way too easily. Like today you actually this is the hardest one we've ever had, and I wasn't even finished reading the first clue when you said you knew it. So I'm gonna challenge you mm. and I'm gonna get our listeners to help me out. If you think you can stump Lyle with Ooh. a quiz question oh, oh, of oh, your oh. own, I have been stumped on call occasions. us up anytime, anytime in the next tomorrow, the next day, the day after that. Just call in anytime if you think you can stump our Lyle with a quiz question. One eight hundred Faith FM. That is not fair. One eight hundred three two four eight four three or text us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. I think we should give them like a gold medal or something if they get that. <laughs> ah, there's too much. Okay, the Bible is a thick book. There are lots of things I don't know. But anyway, we'll see. Stump Lyle, uh, call us up. Help me Bible out. Bible trivia. <laughs> now, Mon, I have a question for you. Go on. Let's say it's your birthday, which it was the other day. It was, yeah. And you have a birthday cake, which you didn't have. I will, though. Okay. And it has candles on it. Okay. And uh, we won't say how many. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Um, and you're about to blow out those candles. Do you make a wish? And is that biblically right or wrong? Oh, do you know this what? is our question of the day. <laughs> it's our question give you, of the day. Do you want me to give you my honest answer as what I do? Yes. Anytime there's wishing involved, I switch it out and I say a prayer instead. So I do do something, okay. but I don't do a birthday wish. I say a birthday prayer. In That's my, in my heart. really, yeah. really nice. I've been doing that since I was a kid because as a kid, I was like, I don't believe in fairies or Santa. I was, you know, I'm a German kid. I'm very literal. So I was like, I don't believe in that nonsense. Let me, uh, let me do something that might actually be effective because wishing doesn't <laughs> work for anything. <laughs> <laughs> so you've never thrown coins into the wishing well? Only, only for selfie value. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've always taken a very keen interest, and particularly as a child in uh, wishing wells, particularly where people throw coins. Uh-huh. But I kind of looked at it the other way. I thought that the good luck actually came from taking the coins out <laughs> rather than putting the coins in. <laughs> the good luck and the arrests. <laughs> <laughs> but I was then my, my my parents told me, no, 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 it's electrified. You can't put your hands in there. Actually, did you know the Trevi Fountain? makes millions and millions of dollars every year. They actually... They probably need to. Their maintenance would be pretty high. Yeah, they empty it out and all that money gets... Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. the most famous fountain in the world, I want to say. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Okay, so the Bible has this to say. Mm -hmm. um, And this is from John chapter 15 and verse 16. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That's nice. Mm -hmm. Continues on. That whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Will God give us anything we ask for? Oh, that's a really good question. I want to say no because I feel like that's a vending machine kind of God. God will ask anything that will give you anything you ask in his name. In other words, in his character. That's the clue. That's the answer right there. Anything that is within his character, God will give to us. That doesn't mean he's going to give us a Porsche. We're going to listen to Carly Fetcher with Knocking. Behold, I stand at the door and knock If anyone hears my voice and opens the door I will come into him and dine with him and he with me I will come into him and dine Can you hear him 
the door and knock If anyone hears my voice And opens the door I will come into him And dine with him And he with me I will come into him And dine with him And he Carly Fletcher with knocking. Jesus knocking at the door. And I've suddenly gone silent. Why? What's happened to us? Oh, we're back again. There you go. Something came unplugged. And here I am desperately, desperately signaling the engineers and uh, the amazing Matushkas out there having about 10 fits trying to figure out what is going on. And uh, we just kicked the cable. Oh, is it, it was us? It was us. One of us. Yes, it was us. We just kicked the cable. <laughs> Got to be careful fact, with our long it legs, wasn't Lyle. Us. It was me. Oh, it was it was, it was you. Me. It was me. How did oh, I manage to do that? Ten push-ups for you, Lyle. See, I just didn't want to give anything away today. <laughs> no, I love giving stuff away, and this one's really good today. It's uh, it's actually really great because we have been studying about disunity in the okay. church, yep. and uh, and this is a great book. Um, it's a book that we're giving away, and it's called Christ's Object Lessons. Yes, a classic. Stories to live by on the parables of Christ. Yeah, it says here the stories of the master teacher, as recounted in this volume, draw practical, down to earth lessons from the common scenes, objects, and incidences of life. The stories abound in helpful guidelines to positive thinking and buoyant living, which is really great because yeah. in this book, there's positive actually, thinking and buoyant living. I like. Yeah. And there is a chapter in here that covers, you know, church, being in church together, interacting with other people and, you know, yes, talking about disunity about today. It does talk about disunity there with the parable of the vineyard. Mm-hmm. We're going to have some practical help from this book. Christ Objects Lessons, it's your f- yours free today. All you're going to do is call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM, which is 1-800-324-843, or you can text us on 0491 Jump on our Facebook, Faith FM Australia, or even just go to our website and email. Be the first, so be fast. Yeah, faithfm.com.au. You can join in there. And uh, Lyle, what's happening tomorrow? What is happening tomorrow? We have a great program planned for you tomorrow. We have more quizzes and more giveaways. And if you can stump Lyle, we need to oh, stump no, Lyle with no. a quiz question that he won't know. If you think you've got a All really... Right, I'm up for it. I'm up for the really, challenge. Give us a call. Really, really hard Bible question. A Bible Do your research. quiz question. Do your research between now and then. Get your Bibles out. Get your Google out. Start looking up some hard Bible quiz questions. And we will see if we can't stump Lyle. 
I might, I might need a couple of clues on some of these. But anyway. Yeah, maybe bigger some clues as well. Call up with some clues. Okay, so we've got, uh, if you would like to know more about the Bible, if you enjoyed the Bible study segment this morning and you would like to study it for yourself, then give us a call because we will be able to arrange that for you. Of course, you can study one-on-one with somebody, you can study in a small group setting, or you can study by correspondence, whichever way works best for you. Or you can study online, so just give us a call and we can arrange that for you right through here, right, right here through Faith FM. And we'll be back tomorrow morning, Lyle and Mon with The Breakfast Show. But for now, please stay tuned. We have some more great program coming up for you now. Read.